today's guest is an accomplished voice actress, author, speaker, consultant, and the driving force behind Be Glorious, a platform that is devoted to creating a space for people to have candid and real conversations with themselves on their path to finding their own brand of glorious. Welcome to the show, Kelly. How are you doing? Oh, great. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm doing today. It's a good day. I'm doing great. Thank you. Yeah. That, that, that's awesome. I'm so glad to, to hear that, you know, with everything going on around us, it's a wonderful news to, to be doing great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. it, it's a process. It's a practice. <laughs> but I'm yes. today I'm doing good. Thank you. I'm so glad. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today on this episode of Mirror Talk. I really appreciate your presence here and I'm looking forward to, you know, learning so much about you, learning so much about your life and career journey. I don't know if you um, you would love to, you know, share a little bit about this. Like, how did you all start, you know, this journey to becoming a voice actress, to becoming an author, to becoming a consultant and to, you know, creating your platform? What inspired you to, you know, to have all of these aspects and areas of your life? Well, I don't think it was any one thing that inspired me. I think it was a, a combination of life experiences. Um, from a very young age, I had uh, always was curious and always wanted to understand uh, the world and our history and why we're here and um, religion and spirituality and all of that. And so uh, when I got a little older, I started reading when I was younger but as, and asking a lot of questions that, you know, people really couldn't answer for me. And as I got older, I became what maybe people would call a seeker. And I started traveling around the world. I went to the Philippines to work with um, the uh, shamans there. I've gone to Tibet and been with the monks. I have actually got to meet the Dalai Lama uh, one time when he was in San Francisco. So I went to homeopathic school, sort of chasing sort of that energetic medicine. I became a Reiki master teacher um, also to try to figure out how, how energy works in the body and how we can become better humans because I felt like I was in so much uh, sort of confusion and pain and, and suffering of just being human. You know, nothing horribly, horribly traumatic, but just, you know, a life in general. And so through all those experiences, um, I still felt like I hadn't found that thing. And that is when I came across this uh, human potential organization called Nixium. And that's when I joined that organization because I kind of hit a wall and I was tired of having all of these feelings that were so painful and I wanted to get rid of them. And I wanted to find a way to be okay. And so I thought if I can with all the, everything that I've done, if I could just bring it all together and become this spiritual being, sort of enlightened yes. and above it all in a way, that I wouldn't feel the pain of judgment, criticism, and I wouldn't feel the pain of life. Now, I didn't think of it exactly that way, but that's what I was going toward, this place of um, sort of like an all-powerful being in myself where nothing could hurt me anymore. And that's when I joined Nixium, thinking that they, they promised sort of an enlightenment, human potential type of um, uh, education that just seems so right up my alley. And that's how I joined. You joined them, yes. Mm -hmm. So can you tell me about your, your experience with this, you know, with this cult? You know, you are, you are on this documentary, like Seduced, mm -hmm. uh, which is streaming on Stars um, right now. Yes. Can you tell me about your, your story with this cult and, you know, how did it, you know, all starts, you know, what happened there? And just can you enlighten me on, on, on 
how this cult works and what was your experience with them? So my experience with the cult was, I didn't realize it was a cult. <laughs> I thought it was a human <laughs> potential organization. And um, I loved the curriculum because it seemed to really be helping. And of course, if they didn't have curriculum that was attractive to people, then they wouldn't be able to get people to join the organization. So it was it was great curriculum and I was I'm loving it. So I decided to be, become a coach. And so I worked my way up what they call the stripe path in the organization, which is a way for coaches to elevate themselves and work themselves through the ranks. So I joined very quickly. I started um, coaching the curriculum and I became very involved in the community. And once I became involved in the community, there was an indoctrination process that I was unaware of that started sort of controlling me over time very slowly. So I was in the organization for about 18 months. I was loving it, but I was starting to feel like something wasn't quite right. I had really was suppressing my own intuition. Many times I was overlooking many red red flags. Now things that I can look back and say that was definitely a red flag. Intuitively, I, I probably kind of knew that in a way, but I wasn't ready to express it because I didn't want to mess up what I thought I was doing, which was becoming enlightened. So I, I suppressed my intuition. I didn't look at the red flags and I kept with the organization. And I kept going until one day uh, it all sort of exploded. There was a another group within the organization that was um, doing some pretty uh, interesting things that were including um, coercing people into getting branded, coercing people into having sex with the leader of this organization named Keith Ranieri, who is now in prison for 120 years. Uh, when I found out about this organization, which I was being um, recruited into right at the time it sort of came to light, um, yeah. when I found out, I was absolutely petrified. I didn't know what was going on and no one had all of the answers. Nobody was giving information. Everybody was running scared. So the whole community exploded. Um, I left the organization over a period of time, getting more uh, information about it. I realized it really was true, although I was still indoctrinated. So I had this, this loyalty and allegiance to the community and the organization, but yet I knew th bad things were happening. So I got myself out physically, emotionally, I was very attached still to the community. I struggled like anyone leaving a cult. Um, it's a very long process to sort of get yourself deprogrammed and to get yourself in a place where you, you understand what was going on and can start to deal with it. Right around that time, I was, uh, a, Cecilia Peck, the director of Seduced, found me through some other people and asked me to be in her um, documentary as one of the voices of one of the women. Yeah. I was going through the website of Seduced, the documentary, and there are like other voices, other ladies that, you know, spoke out mm -hmm. about their, their experiences with it. But if, if you could look back right now, what were the red flags that you noticed back then or you could look back now and say, oh, that was definitely something wrong? What, what are, the, uh, are those red flags that you could Well, the, the number one red flag that I missed, and I think a lot of people miss because they want someone to have all the answers. So the one big red flag is a charismatic leader who purports to have all of the answers, who is somehow bigger and better um, as a human who knows more. And so that's whenever I see a charismatic leader who purports to know more than everyone else, 
that's a big red flag. That's, that's the biggest one. Another really big red flag is sort of when you go into any new organization, everybody's so happy to have you there. <laughs> and there's, <laughs> there's called love bombing. And mm-hmm. it's when they are super supportive. You're kind of like this special superstar and it feels really good because you're getting all this attention, but it's not really normal. And even though part of me was like, wow, this isn't really normal. It sure does feel kind of nice. And all these people seem really cool. And they're all kind of hip slip, slick and cool. And I was like, okay, you know, they like me. So there was that part of it. So those to me are two huge red flags. And the third one that is probably really important is also when there becomes this sort of us versus them mentality, the outside yeah. world, you know, they won't understand what we're talking about they don't get it. That's another really big red flag. So those are three yes. just off the top of, of many. Yeah. So they, they kind of, you know, secluded you from the rest of the world. Yes. It was, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And, you know, how are you now able to finally come to the realization that, oh, that was a cause. Oh, my God. Um, I have to get myself back into control. How are you able to, you know, go through that journey of claiming yourself back after mm-hmm. the old bomb exploded. <laughs> yeah. So there, there's a process. Part of that process was telling my story um, on the documentary where I now, my story was out there. So um, at one point, right before the premiere, I thought, oh my gosh, I don't want to do this. I'm really scared. I don't want people to know my story. And then I realized, okay, it's kind of too late. Stars already has it. They're going to be releasing it today. So I have a choice here. I can either run in fear and never come out of the house, or I can embrace it as my story and own it. And so owning my story, anyone owning their story, takes the fear away from it and then allows you to say, okay, I'm no longer trying to hide this from anyone. I'm owning it. And now I can start making choices toward who I want to be and what kind of life I want. I can start focusing on that instead. So that was part of my process. And another part of my process was doing a lot of reading. And one of the books that someone sent me, and still still to this day, don't know who it was, sent me a copy of Yanya Lalich's book called Take Back Your Life. And within the, have you heard of that book? Yes, I Yes, Um, I think I have it. It's right here, actually. Um, so Yanya, uh, I didn't know Yanya at the time. Mm-hmm. Somebody sent me this book. I read the first chapter. And after reading the first chapter, she had outlined what a cult was. And it matched up so perfectly to my experience that I slammed the book shut. And I threw it across <laughs> the room. And I just remember <laughs> screaming out loud, oh, my God, I was in a cult. So that was another sort of layer of my processing. And then, of course, um, I got to meet the fabulous Yanya. She's amazing. And um, she helped me sort of rediscover myself a little bit. And I had other therapy, did tapping therapy. So I did a lot of different things that were all sort of part of my processing what had happened to me and, and exploring it and then owning it and then being able to write about it. That was another layer of being able to write about yeah. it. Yes, oh, that's awesome. That's great. I'm, I'm so, how I say it, like I'm so encouraged and I'm so proud of you that you are able to, you know, take back your life and, you know, fight back to take control of your destiny. That's something that's so awesome to do. Thank you. That's amazing. Great. And, you know, um, for someone out there who is like, you know, very 
confused right now in this kind of situation like you that you were in back then and it's trying to like take back is our you know destiny back or life back like how would you advise that person apart from everything that you said now are there like some other ways or tips that you could give to such people or person out there to be able to take back control of their life and their destiny I think, it, well, if you're talking about having been in a cult, or are you talking about just in, in general? In general. In general. Um, yes. In general, I think that um, the way to sort of take back your life is to realize that you have choice. You don't have control, but you do have choice. We can't control yeah. things, and we try to control things, and when we can't control things, we feel bad about it or we, we create anxiety in our bodies we create all of this this story around trying to control this thing that's not controllable but we do we can choose and even at the end of the day we can ch make choices toward who we want to be and where we're going and even though we can't control these things and so the way to take back I believe to take sort of back control, not control, but take back your life to yourself to bring yourself is to bring yourself back to the your essential self right? The person that is, it's the being that's underneath all these attachments that we have. It's, uh, it's the being that's underneath all these beliefs that we have, all these levels of this, you know, Kelly, when I'm talking to you and Kelly, when I'm talking to my friend or Kelly, when I'm teaching, those are all different Kellys, but they're not the real Kelly. It's the Kelly that's in, it's the essential Kelly or what I call glorious. And we all have that. And so it really, what it is, is going deep and getting quiet and getting to know that essential being, that glorious being that's inside. And then from there, once you can start to make contact with and understand that we're all these, we are just an energetic being having an experience in a human body, once we can sort of get our heads wrapped around that, then we realize we have a choice in how we want to live. And we start making choices. We start choosing light over dark. We start choosing love over fear. You know, we start to make those types of choices, um, joy over anger. We make those choices. That's how we make our life. And that's how we take ourselves back to us. Yes. So we take ourselves back to us by realizing who we are, actually. Mm -hmm. by, taking, by being silent and asking ourselves that question, who is to be? Who am I truly? Mm -hmm. Am I this person, am I that person? And I want joy, I want happiness in my life. How can I do that? Who am I to achieve that? So it's really about choice, not control. Because we can't control everything, but we can choose how we want to be in every moment. And that's really yes. important. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Now, I'm so happy that earlier you mentioned about, you mentioned um, Yala, for example, and you mentioned um, Dalai Lema, you met him. Um, and I would love to know about your, your personal journey towards enlightenment and working with, you know, spiritual healers and leaders on this quest. Like, can you share this journey with me? Like, how are you able to go from that low estate of yours to becoming enlightened? So I think, um, I think that we all are enlightened. We're born that way. And through life, we start to believe that we're not. We start to believe but people tell us that we're not good enough or we start to believe it ourselves, or we have all of these experiences that start to make us not believe in our full potential of who we are. And so for me, enlightenment was re is really about rediscovering that you are okay. It's okay not to be okay sometimes, but you really are okay most of the time. So it's like understanding that wherever you are on your personal journey toward enlightenment or wherever you're going, 
every moment you're actually okay. And that's about like loving yourself and understanding I'm okay right now. It may not be what I want it to be, my desire for it to be, but I'm okay right now. So the journey to enlightenment for me, even though I took all of these detours to Tibet and the Philippines and um, going to homeopathic school and Reiki school and doing, you know, meeting the Dalai Lama and doing all these things that I did, I thought I'm going to become enlightened if I do these things. But in reality, I already was enlightened because all of the answers are right here. They're already here. Um, it's all inside and people want answers. And, the, and I wanted an answer badly enough mm-hmm. to start following a charismatic leader right down the road to hell. So mm-hmm. that's how badly I wanted the answer that is not outside myself. And that's what I learned when I finished recovering from this group was that there is no one person. There is no one thing. There is nothing out there that has the answer. Mm-hmm. So we can take lots of books and listen to lots of people and podcasts and interviews and take what makes sense to us, what resonates with us in the moment, run it through our filter, use it or throw it out. But I don't have all the answers. No one has all the answers. Um, And so for me, enlightenment is really that journey toward discovering in here is all I need. And everything else is just sort of fun and, you know, a part of life and experience, but it all goes back to here. It's all, everything we need that's, is here. That's true. We, we have the answers to all our problems or questions, basically. If we're quiet yeah. and ask, yeah. the answer's there. It may yes, not be yes. the answer that you want. It may not be <laughs> what you think you want, but the answer yeah. of what you need to do and the choice you need to make in that moment is there because you know. You can choose light or you can choose dark. You can choose love or you can choose fear. You can choose right or you can choose wrong. Those are all choices you're allowed to make. You have the freedom to make them. And so that's what it all goes back to because you know. Now, a lot of times we make decisions or choices that feel good in the moment and give us a comfort in the moment, but at the end of the day, wasn't really a choice that was going to help us get closer to who we want to be. Eat the donut doesn't help you get closer to the person of being more fit. But we eat the donut because it feels good. So that's a choice we make. Yes. So then you start mm-hmm. again. You say, okay, now what choice do I want? Do I really want to eat the donut? Or do I want to not eat the donut and have an apple instead? Because that brings me closer to who I want to be. And the same mm-hmm. goes for fear and, um, you know, fear and love. What's the choice yes. I want to make right now? Do I, do I want to react to what this person's saying because I'm not happy with it? Or do I want to stop for a moment, become aware of this, what's going on and choose a loving response? Doesn't that mean you love the person necessarily, yeah. but it's a response that comes from love that isn't attacking. Mm, that's true. Well, I love the answer. Like, you know what you want for yourself and you, like you said earlier, you know, you have, you have the choice. We don't necessarily have the control over how people, um, you know, behave to us or deal with us, but we have the choice of reacting the way we have to react back to them or um, showing love despite them, you know, um, maltreating us or what in, uh, mistreating us in any way, basically. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I, I, I love the fact that, you know, the compass of your intention has always been, you know, spiritually focused. Like I, I, I as a person, I'm also like on this journey of, you know, getting much more spiritually, um, you know, awakened, Basically, like, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian, I believe in God and I believe in his existence and he's as the creator of the universe. 
And I love the fact that you also also, you know, spiritually focused. So I would love you to advise me on how we can be more spiritually focused in everything that we do, like in all endeavors of life. So I think to be more spiritually focused is first you have to do the inner work and get to know what's going on in here. Um, we all have trauma. We all have bad experiences. We all have these fears and things that keep us from making the choices that are the best choices for everyone. It's not always easy to make a choice that's good for everyone. It's easier to make a choice that's good for us. But if we wanted to start becoming more spiritually enlightened and help this world become a better place, we need to start making choices that are good for everyone. And choices that come from love. Choices that come not from a place of fear, but from a place of, of what would be the best for everyone in this situation? How can I respond to what's going on? How can I open my heart in this moment and actually change the vibration of the room simply by having a feeling, not a thought, but a feeling of gratitude, right? So when I am in a situation where um, things aren't going really well, I sit for a moment and become aware that things aren't going very well. What can I do? And I have a toolbox and it from one of the tools I use often is to go into my heart and have a feeling of gratitude. I don't think about gratitude like, oh, this is gratitude, but I have a feeling, a remembrance of a time when I was grateful and it becomes easier and easier to bring up that feeling and that actually changes your vibration. So when you're, because we're always connecting, our energy is always connecting with other people. It changes the vibration of the room of the person you're with. And you can do, and you can try it anytime and you'll see it. If you bring up that feeling and yourself of gratitude, it changes everything. And so that's yeah. one way to sort of become spiritually, I guess, enlightened is really awareness. So we become aware of what we're doing and who we are and make the choices to become the person that we want to be, which is a more spiritually enlightened person. Does that make yes, sense? That's very true. Yeah, it does make sense. Yes, okay. yes. But I have a follow-up question to that. You know, like people who have gone through um, traumas or people who have gone through difficult situations with themselves, with mm -hmm. their past, and even with people around them. Mm -hmm. And now they, they find themselves in a room or a place with these people that uh, they've experienced something, you know, difficult with before. Mm -hmm. How would they be able to, you know, um, express or have that feeling of gratitude in a room where it's not conducive for them to express that. Right. So that's a, that's a practice. So, mm. yes. Yeah, so um, when you're in a room of people where it's, it's not conducive to like bring up gratitude, you can still bring it up for yourself because it, it puts you into a different vibration where you are feeling okay with you, regardless of the inability to control what's going on around you. So yeah. if you're talking about a situation that's dangerous, well, that's not going to work. You need to get out <laughs> of the dangerous situation, right? You're, yes, that's true, why we, we have fight or flight. But many times during situations which aren't dangerous, they're just uncomfortable. And so those are the situations I'm talking about, these uncomfortable situations with family or, or in an office environment. And so it's really about the awareness that I have a choice of how I'm going to respond to this. Am I going to respond to get this person back because I'm mad at them? Am I going to say something? Or am I going to choose to come from a place of love? And that doesn't even mean that you have to say anything. It's simply going into the awareness of yourself and saying, I'm choosing not to react to this. I don't know how I want to respond right this second. I may need to think about yeah. that, but I'm choosing first not to react. 
And I'm giving myself a moment or two or a day or a week to decide how I want to respond. And in that time, then we get to make the choices that are enlightened, those enlightened choices. How do I want to be? Do I want to be joyful and loving or do I want to be ugly and mad? Yes. So it's awareness. As you said, yes, awareness, yes. As you said earlier, it requires a lot of practice because sometimes the easiest parts or the the easiest ways to, you know, explode and just, you know, (laughs) react the way the action comes here. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, And I still explode sometimes. I mean, I, and I, and I don't, and the the key to that is when you do, you're not going to be able to do this on the first round. Most people they're going, but you do, you explode and you go, Oh, okay. Yeah. I remember that I have this choice. Okay. So next time we want to try. And the next time it happens again, you're okay. Well, next time I'm going to try. And then it happens again. Then eventually you create this little space where you have that moment to go, Whoa, I'm not going to react. I'm I'm going to think and stop. And so you build that awareness. And one way to build practice and awareness is through meditation to slow your thoughts down. So you're not reacting so quickly. You can have that moment. And sometimes it's just a second. And again, you don't have to figure out your response in that moment, because a lot of times you've got adrenaline running through your body and you don't, you can't think straight, but what you can do is stop. So I always say stop, drop, and think, or stop, drop, and choose. You know, it's like stop, drop everything, and just make a choice. And the choice could be I'm not going to react, and then I'm going to leave the room, and then I'm going to go think about how I'd like to respond to this. Hi, friend. Are you enjoying this episode? We would love to hear from you kindly send us a feedback are you following us on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, maybe on youtube and other podcast platforms are you following us on instagram on twitter on facebook we would love to connect with you on all platforms links and further details are available in the show notes of this episode thank you That's brilliant. Yes. <laughs> and that way we could avoid a lot of troubles and a lot of conflicts. Yes. <laughs> basically. Yes. Yes. Now, earlier you were talking about, you know, you, you've experienced a lot of trauma in the past, like, you know, even bad things and you are not like, you know, so happy and comfortable with the way things were going. And that's what led, you know, to joining the court that you found out later on. Then. So um, how, how did your spiritual awakening um, help you to overcome or conquer this trauma? And how has it been helping you to also help other people to conquer their own traumas? I think, you know, going, I had done a lot of these practices, um, not in no, necessarily in earnest before joining Nixium. I had sort of played around with a lot of different modalities and energy work and things like that. And when I got out of Nixium, I kind of had lost completely who I was. Like, I didn't even know who I was. So I had to decide how I was going to rebuild myself. And that's when I started really in earnest learning how to make choices. Because I understood then that I chose to go into Nixium. I made all these choices within Nixium. And they didn't turn out the way I wanted because a lot of the choices weren't aware choices. They were choices I was making out of fear. They were choices I was making out of desperation. Choices I was making because I thought I had to. And then... 
as I started to reevaluate my life and realize, oh my gosh, I've been in a cult. Okay. Not sure how much worse that gets. Um, I'm public and people know who I am now. They know I've been in a cult. Doesn't it gets, that's pretty scary. And I had to decide how am I going to choose, what choices am I going to make now to rebuild myself? And so I started to have these, to start really understanding awareness. And then I had a choice in how I was even going to view that. So I think with people coming through trauma, it's about educating yourself, getting help when needed, obviously through therapy, when there's lots of groups out there, understanding that the present moment now is the time to start making the choices for your new future and being in the present now. Now, not minimizing trauma or anything that's happened for anyone because that's real. But how we decide to live our days going forward is all a matter of choice. And so that awareness that I keep going back to and self-honesty and being really honest with yourself about what's happened and not having shame or blame around it. Okay, so owning your story is helping people to move forward. So it's, it's, a, it's a combination of things. And it's really about wanting and desiring and choosing the life that you want. Even though things aren't perfect, they're never going to be perfect. I'm still struggling. I still have desires for things. I'm still working toward things. But every day on my journey, I know I'm okay. Yes. Even with everything yes. else. Yes. And I think that, that's part of what um, inspired your book. Like the power of owning your story without shame or blame. Mm-hmm. So can you, can, you tell me, can you tell me about your book? I, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to mess up the name again. <laughs> the Unapologetically Glorious. Can you tell me about your book? And, you know, can you tell me what people are to be looking forward to when they buy the book, when it's been released and when they can pick it up to read? Like, what should people look forward to? So I think hopefully it will be released in a couple of weeks. Um, we're still doing the act- the very, very last finishing touches on it, getting it formatted. Um it's called Unapologetically Glorious, and it's really a blueprint of my experience through, through life and how I came to discover my gloriousness and that also discover that everyone on this planet is born glorious and that we all have it in us and that we've unlearned it over time. And it's about how to reclaim that for yourself. And so the book is really, like I said, just a big blueprint of, of my experiences in Nixium, as well as other experiences in my life. And what I learned from those experiences that helped shape me and get me to the place that I am now of understanding that my choices are my are, are what get me to where I want to be and who I want to be. And it's not about control. And it's about choice and choosing between love and fear. Yes. And you encourage us to choose love all the time, love. Well, I try. I, I'm not perfect <laughs> <laughs> by any means. Um, I try yeah. a lot um, to stop long enough to think about how do I want to respond to this from love or from fear. Um, and so it's a practice. It doesn't, and it doesn't go well every single day. I mean, there are days when um, I, I get down on myself and I have to go back to those principles of understanding that, my essence in here is okay. My body may not be okay. My environment may not be okay. But inside this essence of who I am, this essential being is okay. It's that consciousness, that, that, 
that the consciousness inside that under that's listening to what I'm saying and understanding what I'm saying. It's that that con- that God given glorious consciousness. Yes. I love that. That's so encouraging. Like no matter what we are going through, we are okay. And it is in us. God has given us that ability and that characteristics to be, to be glorious. Yes. I love yeah, because we're, it's there. It just needs to be brought out and shined up a little bit. And, you know, it, it, it's hard because we forget we're told we're this, we're told we're that we start to believe we're not enough. And mm-hmm. so we forget that we are glorious. And so my journey has been about the remembering that I am and, and through experience and the experiences haven't always been easy. Nixon was not an easy experience at all. Um, and I've had many other experiences, the death of my, um, former husband and family members, uh, being alcoholics and, you know, there's been a lot like everybody else, everybody has experiences and what do you do with those experiences and how do you learn from them? And how do you remember that you are through all of that? essentially glorious your essential being is here and is glorious yes, that's true even though it's not perfect lost... <laughs> yes it's true it's not it's never perfect we, we are not perfect beings we are just perfectly always imperfect. Work in progress yes perfectly yeah. perfect, yeah. and talking about losses um while you know reading about you and going tr- preparing for this interview i found out that your first book is a um, um, brigade story about you, you losing your dog to cancer yes. is that right yes, yes. I was how was that for you also well, that one's really, really tough. Um, I wrote that book with some help. Um, oh gosh, almost 12, 15 years ago, I guess. Um, uh, my son was very young and his father passed away and he left us a dog. And Bridget was this big, great, big white Pyrenees, beautiful dog. And six months into taking her into our family, she got cancer. And I went very, very deep into, this is before I was going to homeopathic school. I guess I'd started that already. And so I was really struggling to find a cure for this dog um, because I didn't want my son to lose his father and his dog. And I did a lot of internet searches and uh, did a lot of searching inside and a lot of intentful prayer to try to find a way to save this dog. And through four or five different supplements and some help from a, um, an Indian, um, I guess a, he was a health food store owner. Together, we sort of came up with this protocol for, for Bridget. And she ended yes. up living another 10 years. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's the cancer great. went away. She had um, malignant melanoma on her nose and the veterinarian was just, couldn't believe it. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's that's a beautiful story. I will encourage everyone who is interested in this story to pick it up on Amazon. It's available online. And by the time this this podcast episode will be aired, the second book also will be available on Amazon and other platforms, I believe. Yes. Are there other platforms that you're preparing to release it on? Uh, right now, I think it's just going to be on Amazon for start to start. Okay. So I always encourage everyone to pick it up on Amazon. And also, the link to your website will be in the show notes of this episode. So everyone's encouraged to visit the website and just, you know, get up to date with Kelly's story and every new thing that Kelly is up to at the moment. That would be so awesome. That would be great. Yes. And you also have this platform called um, Be Glorious. Everything about you is glorious, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so can, can you tell me about your, your platform, Be Glorious? Who is it meant for? What motivated you to start this platform? 
And we'll, how can we join this platform? So we're starting out, when the book comes out, we'll be starting hopefully a community of people um, to be able to possibly share their stories and to be able to start that journey toward rediscovering themselves. Um, the book will be the, the first part of that. And then the through um, speaking engagements that I'll be doing and um, some education things, people will be able to go to um, my website and kind of see what's going on in that world um, as we're developing it right now. And Be Glorious really is just um, a platform for people to start rediscovering who they are and start becoming aware and honest with themselves so that they can start moving forward. Because once we own our story, we're honest with ourselves and say, oh, you know, I really screwed up here or whatever and own it and just move on and say, okay, now who do I choose to be? If that's in the past, it's done. How can I move forward and what choices can I make? And that's all about, that's really about the Be Glorious platform is understanding we have choice to be better people in every single moment and every single interaction and every single thing that we do. So that's yeah. the Be Glorious platform. Yeah, that's beautiful. So I encourage everyone, you have a Facebook page also. I encourage everyone to, to join and just participate and look forward to this yes. Be Glorious platform. Yes. Because, you know, it's a, it's a very big um, challenge, you know, when, you know, despite our flaws, our vulnerabilities, our experiences, and you are saying, oh, you can still be glorious despite all of this. And people ask themselves, um, Kelly, how can I be glorious after I've experienced this? Look at me, look at the flaws, look at, you know, all my shortcomings and you're telling me I could be glorious. How can I do that? So I believe your platform provides that answer to us. Yes, and the book does as well because the book is very much about um, my experiences. It's very vulnerable. It's written about real people and real time. And it's it really, I'm a human being and I spent many years trying to be perfect like many people. And this book really shows how imperfect I am, but at the same time, what I call perfectly imperfect, because as human beings, no one's perfect. I mean, we always look at other people and say, I wish I want that, or I want to look like this, or I want to have that. And we go through life thinking that we're somehow not good enough, that we're, that we're not enough. And so going back to that, this book is really going to help people, I think, see that you can look a certain way. People are going to think that you have everything, that everything's perfect, and it's really not. And if you realize that everybody is struggling with something, everybody is at war with themselves, you can start having so much more compassion for other people and yourself when you realize you're just a human being who's made a bunch of mistakes and is probably going to keep making mistakes but keeps getting back up again. And that's what this book is about. It's about getting back up again and trying again over and over and over because you're worth it. You are enough. We are enough. We have it here. We yes. are okay. And we do, we are enough. And so it's, it's just the idea really of understanding that we are glorious. We're born that way. We've forgotten it. And now we need to reclaim it and remember it. Yes. We have it deep inside of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's beautiful. No matter what so we look like, no matter how many scars we have, no matter what trauma we've been through, no matter what is going on that's not good for us, that we don't like, we still have this essential being inside that is glorious and is okay. Mm. Yes. Wow. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. 
So you're an accomplished voice actress, like you said earlier, you're an author, you're a speaker, you're a consultant, you have this, um, you know, platform, Be Glorious. If there's any piece of advice that you would give your younger self, maybe your 21-year-old self, for example, what, what would it be? You know, right now, looking at all everything you've accomplished and where you are right now, looking back with all of these accomplishments, what would, would you tell your younger self? I would tell my younger self that I'm enough. You're enough. Mm-hmm. Right where you are right now in this moment, you are enough because so much of my searching and pain and struggle and emotional, um, like my emotional struggle was all because I thought I wasn't enough, that I wasn't perfect enough for you to like me or for someone to, to acknowledge me or believe in me. So I would tell myself where you are right now is perfect and you are enough So start making choices that, um, are the choices that are going to bring you closer to who you want to be tomorrow. Yes, you're more than enough. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We all That's are more beautiful. than enough. We are all more yeah. than enough. Mm. Wow. Oh, that's that's like a wonderful closing remark for this episode already. Like, I, I'll just go back home or um, I've just, you know, settle down, think about it and say, yes, Toby, you are more than enough. You are. You're more than yes. enough. Yeah, you yes. are more than enough. We're all more than enough. We just forget it and we don't believe it. And so we do all these weird things in order to prove that we are enough. And those weird things can lead you into places that, like for me, ended up being a cult. Mm. So that's what I would say to my younger self. Yeah. How would you advise someone out there who is, who is aware that they are in a court or in a very difficult situation that they cannot, they don't seem to know the way out, like mm-hmm. in a prison of life, for example. How would you advise that person to, to you know, persevere or pull out themselves from this difficult situation? So the first thing, depending on the situation, uh, you may need to get some help. You might need to join a group or you might need to get a therapist or someone to, or a friend to help you get you physically out of the situation. Um, And then I think uh, it's really a matter of finding that inside. And, And I think going inside can be very frightening for a lot of people. It can be very scary to go and start meditating and really, being quiet with themselves. Um, so I think that's the journey of a person who is ready to start making changes. But someone who is stuck in a situation, an abusive situation or a narcissistic situation with someone, a relationship, or it's about finding help. It's And there's a lot of help out there. Um, for example, for cults and things like that, seduceddocumentary.com is a great place to start. Um, Yanya Lalich's book is a great place to start. She actually started a, a whole new um, organization. I think it just started today called Take Your Life Back. Um, what is it called? Take Your Life Back. Oh, gosh. I can't remember the name. It literally came out today. I can tell you later, and you can post it on there as a resource if you wanted to. But there are resources out there. And I think if you go to Yanya Lalich's website, you can find her new website. But there's lots of different ways. And if you're in an abusive situation, you need to find help and resources to get yourself out of the bad environment. And then from there, it's going in and starting to make the choices 
toward the life that you want. And they're baby steps and it's not easy. And a lot of times people will um, think that, oh, if I just make one choice, it's going to change my life. But that's not really how it works. It's a continually making choices for you that support who you are and support the world. So they're choices, again, that go back to choosing love over Mm -hmm. fear and light over dark and right over wrong. That's how yes. we get out. That's how we do it. Yes. Continuous um, effort and continuous you know, choice or making that choice of light over darkness, love over fear, and right over wrong. And, See true. And it's very difficult sometimes because you feel alone, but you have but having that other thing that you talked about is that connection to source, mm-hmm. to God, to universe, whatever you want to call it. That's a very yes. intimate relationship. Um, and so I connect with that all the time because it, because it's back it really is a connection to myself. So it's like this whole connection that goes from God to you and back again. It's a circular thing. And so having that connection to the self, to God, to everything helps to start to feel not so alone and it's baby steps. And then it's making those little choices, little choices that are in, that yeah. are getting you closer to who you want to be as a person. Mm. Yes, that's true. And I, I believe like a support system could also be you, Kelly. Like you have this wonderful platform, Be Glorious, and you have resources also that people could make use of. Yes. So what's the best way to, to connect and work with you, for example, for someone out there, a listener out there, who would like to, you know, speak with Kelly directly to get some advice or get some help? What's the um, best way to do that? So just on my website, there's a place where you can leave a message and that will come directly to my email. And so um, I check my emails and I can get people the resources. If I have them, I can direct them to resources um, and things like that. So I'd be happy to do that. All right. So once again, the information will be in the show notes of this episode. So I encourage everyone to, you know, write to Kelly and also get some help. And when the book is out, um, buy the book and read it and, you know, transform your life and let's go of those shame and blame and become much more glorious and remember that you are more than enough. Thank you so much, Kelly. I appreciate everything I was able to learn from you in this episode. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. This was such a pleasure to be here. And I just thank you so much. I love your smile. You did have the best <laughs> smile ever. <laughs> thank you. I mean, yeah. Wow. wow. You made it to the very end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'm grateful for your time, your love, and your contributions. Subscribe, like, review, and share this podcast. God bless you. Bye. Bye.